Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Exactly a year ago today, the two of us were standing in this very spot, and we revealed our annual theme last year. Does anybody remember? All right, let's take it from the top. When is it? Now. And where are we? Here. And what are we doing? Come on, I hear the choir. He's really excited about the quality of this. Yeah. Get, get up there. Yeah. Get up there. Try to talk about it. That's right. All year long, this past year, we reflected on what it means to be present. Present to God, present to each other, present to our community. And at the end of the program year, we spent a few Sundays reflecting back on what we learned and how we grew in our presence keeping. We asked you to fill out some surveys on a few Sundays in May, sharing stories and reflections from a year of now, here, this. You told us that these practices of presence really resonated with you. You told us that you've also got a hunger to continue to grow in your practice of presence. And you also told us that being fully present is really challenging. And so we asked ourselves two questions. First, how can we level up in practicing presence? How can we go deeper? And second, what makes presence so challenging? What's getting in the way of us being more present? And as the two of us thought about our own challenges with presence, and we talked with church members and church staff about it, we came to a simple but profound conclusion. We're just too busy to be pleasant. We live in a fast-paced world that seems to be getting faster all the time. We're always busy, always multitasking, always trying to check another thing off our to-do list, to send another email. So who has time to sit down for coffee with a neighbor or a church member just to get to know each other better? Well, who has time to sit in silence and centering prayer for 30 minutes and do nothing? The world is constantly telling us to have more, to do more, to be more efficient, more productive, more everything. And it seems like busyness has become a virtue. But that's not what God wants for us. Remember, God didn't multitask in creating the world. God didn't try to get everything done at once. God rested. And that is what God invites us to do too. God invites us into Sabbath. So what is Sabbath anyway? Well, let's start with what we've probably heard. We've been told that Sabbath is the fourth commandment. But that just sounds like some rule that we're supposed to follow without really understanding what it even means. Maybe you've been taught that Sabbath is just about doing churchy things, like worship and prayer. As my dad says, Sundays you weren't allowed to do anything but if you were that. But our scripture makes it clear that worshiping God is only a part of Sabbath. And many of us think of Sabbath that way. It's a list of don'ts. Don't work on the Sabbath. Don't shop on the Sabbath. Don't even think about doing your laundry. But this year, we want to claim that Sabbath is more of a way of being than it is a rule or a day or a list of prohibited activities. We want to claim that Sabbath is a transformation from death to new life. 
that Sabbath is about restoring and renewing right relationships with God and neighbor, that Sabbath is countercultural, that Sabbath is about resetting things to the way God intends, and that Sabbath is about taking a real rest, about learning the unforced rhythms of grace. So, how will we change our hearts and our minds about Sabbath? How will we turn our fuzzy and antiquated ideas of Sabbath into something that we actually understand and practice? We want to take you on a tour of the year ahead. Over the next few weeks, we'll continue to introduce some fundamental ways of understanding Sabbath and our urgent need for it. We'll frame this introduction to Sabbath in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Think of it like Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. Preparing to die to a way of life that values productivity and busyness above God and neighbor. Our urgent need to slow down, to become more present, and to become more attentive to how God is already acting in our lives. And finally, the new life that God brings out of this death. After that introduction in October and November, we'll explore how Sabbath is really about renewing relationships. In the Ten Commandments, as I said, keeping the Sabbath is the fourth commandment. The first three commandments are all about our relationship with God. The next six commandments are all about our relationship with each other. And so you could say that the fourth commandment, to practice Sabbath, takes center stage. It's lifted up as a critical commandment that we must practice if we truly want to love God and neighbor. And so during October and November, we'll explore some biblical texts about Sabbath practices that teach us how to love God. And we'll explore other texts that are about how Sabbath teaches us how to love each other. We're also putting together our worship planning team who will work with our pastoral staff and our music staff to lead worship during this first unit of the and then sign up in Anderson Hall after worship if you're interested in joining us. We'll kick off this unit with our intergenerational all-church retreat on Saturday, September 30th at the Nature Center at Shaker Lakes. And there are kids, youth, and adults who have an opportunity to eat and to laugh, to play, and practice Sabbath together. Later in October, we're partnering with Anshay Hesed Paramount Temple for an interfaith book study. Together, we'll read Sabbath World, Glimpses of a Different Order of Time by Judith Shudovitz, gathering twice in person, once at each of our congregations, for discussion, food, and prayer. Finally, we'll also be inviting you to take a midweek sabbatical. Starting October 11th, we'll gather in the chapel on Wednesday evenings for a brief contemplative worship service featuring music, meditative readings, and reading. The first Sunday in December, we transition into Advent season of preparing for Christmas. In the life of the church, Advent is meant to be a season of slowing down, of resting, waiting in hope for Jesus' arrival. But in reality, most of us experience December as a season of stress, busyness, and consumerism. So throughout worship in December, we'll hear readings from the book of Exodus with Mary's Magnificat and one, and we'll consider how Sabbath is a form of resistance. It'll be a season to rest, resist, dream, and imagine. In that spirit, we'll try not to over-program Advent. 
Rather, we invite you, rather than invite you to crowd your calendar with more events, which I know you do not need, we'll invite you to consider what kind of Sabbath practices you do need to distance you. We will have another cross-congregational book study, this one with our friends at Forest Hill Presbyterian Church just down the road. And we'll read the book, Rest is Resistance, by Trisha Hershey, who's the founder and bishop of the Nat Ministry. That is correct, the Nat Ministry. I'm super excited about it. Then as we turn our calendars to a new year in January, we'll celebrate the biblical tradition that comes just once every 50 years, the Jubilee, which is sort of the king of Sabbaths, the Sabbaths of Sabbaths. After Epiphany, we'll focus our attention on everyone's favorite book of the Bible, Leviticus. <laughs> Chapter 25 of Leviticus describes all aspects of the Jubilee cycle. That every seven years, fields are to lie fallow. God's people are to rest from work. Debts are to be forgiven and people set free. And that every 50 years is the Jubilee and everything is restored to the way God intends. In this season, we'll also study Jesus' mission statement before that God has sent him to proclaim the Jubilee year has arrived. And together, we'll reflect on what Jubilee means for us today as a congregation, on how God might be calling us to practice forgiveness of debts and the liberation of God's people. If you guessed it, there'll be another book study Finally, throughout Lent, a season leading up to Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday, we're going to be trying to actually live out the invitation of Jesus that we heard just a moment ago in the reading from Matthew 11, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Together, we'll reflect on how Jesus showed us that Sabbath leads us away from idolatization, idolization, every time we back and forth, every time, idolization of productivity and towards rest away from hurry and towards patient trust, away from our anxiety of scarcity and towards God's joy in God's abundance. And yes, there'll be a book study with another congregation. Beyond our Sabbath focus this year, we'll also offer some other opportunities for fellowship, faith formation, service, and justice. Um, we'll highlight this for you. This fall, we are launching a new small group program we're calling Sabbath Small Groups. These groups will gather monthly from October through May at a time and location that's convenient for everyone in the group. And the idea is just to build relationships, to discuss faith and life, to pray together, maybe eat together. The pastors will create monthly guides and videos for each gathering. Each group will be self-led. In October, we'll be hosting a four-week Zoom series exploring queer theology and biblical interpretation taught by my good friend, Reverend Jonah Hoberton, who is the lead pastor of the South and the Lee Church in Milwaukee, and a leading voice among queer, trans, Christian clergy. And beginning in November, we'll kick off a weekly book study uh, that I'll be leading to discuss everything good about God is true, which is a progressive primer on Christian theology written by my coach and former moderator of Presbyterian Church USA, Reverend Dr. Bruce Reyes Chow. Speaking ahead to 2024, we'll host our second annual Mardi Gras party in February. We'll have another silent retreat in March and an all-church retreat in April. And if you are a family with young children or youth, there'll be lots of opportunities for you all to engage. 
youth group is back and it resumes next Sunday. And this year's program will feature four retreats, service opportunities, and so much more. If you have a seventh or ninth grader, our confirmation class is also starting in October. If you've got a young person in your life who may be interested in exploring more about their faith, the Bible, and the church, then this is the group for them. If you know a kid in 6th or 12th grade, Kate Bolin is the person to talk to. We Time, or Worship Enrichment Time, will start up next Sunday for children in pre-K through 3rd grade. And most Sundays, these children will stay in worship through the time for young disciples, and then head to the Wee Room with a teacher and volunteers for conversation and activities based on the scripture readings of that day. And Brain Fred Sundays are back. The first Sunday of the month, we'll have an intergenerational, intentional communion service here at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary and online, which will be followed by a meal. Are you excited? <laughs> Really excited 
take that off. <laughs> uh, you don't need to rush to say your goodbyes. Lindsay doesn't leave uh, for his benefit until next August. We have lots more time to share with you about our plans and her plans uh, while she's alone. And there's so much to celebrate on this Celebrate Sunday. We're so excited about the year to come and the ways in which we will be led and experience God's holy Sabbath together. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.